We're momming today with Andrea Kantz. She's with the National Association of Colleges and Employers. She has two kids, two grandkids, and uh, knows a thing or two about the process of getting junior into college. Andrea, thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, I feel so bad for high school kids, right? Now, even college kids, because it's supposed to be like the experience of a lifetime, and it is so different because of the pandemic. Um, and I was I was doing some reading, and I, I remember I, I was in college decades ago, but job fairs, right? I mean, are, do they still exist, or is it all virtual? Um, they're actually starting to become more in person. Um, when the pandemic hit, a lot of the campuses either eliminated them or they converted them to 100% virtual. So they are making their way back now. Which begs my second question. Are young 20-somethings ready for that in-person experience when they spent the last couple of years, and quite frankly, even before the pandemic, on their phones? Right. It's a good question. Um, A lot of the career services professionals who are our members try to do their best to prepare students for those in-person interactions. What do you hear? What do you hear from the employers? What do you hear from the colleges? And what do you hear from the students about how this is going, how ready they are? Um, The employers, um, I think, are happy with doing the career fairs virtually. Um, It allows them to attend more. Um, because they're not having to travel and it makes it makes it easier on them in in one one respect. Um, they're able to reach out to different colleges where they probably wouldn't have gone before because of uh, the locations. Um, so we are hearing that from employers on the college side. I think um, it's the same thing as the employers they're allowed, uh, they're able to connect with more employers than they did in the past because everything's done virtually. Um, As far as the students, I think it's a mixed uh, reaction. I think the students do enjoy being in person and meeting directly with the employers in person. It just gives them more of a chance to get to know the employer and interact in a more personal way. Oh, that makes me so happy, Andrea. It really does, because I wasn't expecting uh-huh. you to say that. So these kids are basically saying, uh, <laughs> we're, we're ready for a sense of normalcy. We're ready to show off our personality and, 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 and have this organic experience. I was reading right. some of the uh, research that the NACE put out. And here, headline number one, hiring for the class of 2022 grads climbs 31.6% from last year. So does this does this mean that kids are actually going to um, get jobs that pay well after graduation? Because I, I remember when I graduated into a recession. I had a graduate degree and I had a really low paying job, super low paying job. That was embarrassing to even admit to, but it was all I could get. Yeah, this this job market is crazy. I mean, employers are trying to hire students early. Um, They're looking to get interns early because they can convert those interns to full time hires. Um, So it's really a great market to be graduating into. 
Can you give me some examples of some of the crazy offers that you've that you've heard about or seen or, you know, um, I haven't heard anything specific. However, anecdotally, anecdotally, I've heard that there are certain industries who are recruiting interns for two years in a row. So a student might have an internship after their sophomore year. And then they already have one lined up for after their junior year. So it's very competitive for those new graduates. Um, What is this for all sorts of industries or specific industries? Um, I think the industry in particular that's doing that was. Let um, me guess. Wait, wait, can I guess? Yes. (laughs) Is it is it the oil industry? No, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> okay, what um, is it? It was in finance. Oh, in yeah. the financial services industry. And they but, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, but we're in the process of surveying our employers just to see how common this is, or if it's going to become a trend within the market. So, if you're a parent and you're you're listening right now, I mean, are you really putting pressure on your on your sophomore to line up an interview for sophomore uh, an internship for sophomore year? That seems early. Um, yeah, it does seem very early. Um, I know that it's important for students to have internships. I don't know that they need to have them that early. However, um, if they do have an internship there's a good chance that they'll be converted to a full-time hire because most of our employer members use their internships as a uh, pipeline. Right. Right. And it's a win-win for both the employer and the student because the student gets to know the company, the company gets to know the student. And if they're both happy, it could end up in a full-time position. But then, you know, it's such a tight job market and we hear all these crazy stories that are encouraging actually that you can quit your job because you have like five more lined up and one is paying more than the other than the other than the other. How do, what do employers say as they, as they have to deal with that, um, those opportunities that applicants are facing? Right. We're also hearing more students reneging on offers. So if they do get an offer and they find something better, We're seeing, we're not actually seeing it yet, but we're getting some information or we're hearing that uh, students are starting to choose one job over another. And it's, it's got a big impact on employers. Got it. I have a, I have questions about how good these offers are, what parents can expect for their children should encourage their children to achieve. And we will do so when we're momming today continues right after this. Back on Remoming today with Andrea Kantz with the National Association of Colleges and Employers. Um, so every, you know, you, I know the cost of college is, is a hot button issue right now. I, I know that many families are saying, well, let's not go into debt for just a mediocre school. Let's try to fine tune this from the beginning and get you into the best school for you. Um, that, that's, that's a whole issue entirely. It, it used to be, and quite frankly, when I went to college, it was, you went to the best, most expensive school that you could get into, and then you kind of just figured it out after that. You know what I mean? You, we got worthless degrees, is what I'm saying. Oh, do mm-hmm. what you like. That's what my parents told me. Do what you love. And I got internships in what I love, which is journalism, but that's not what I went to school for. 
So I got that big, expensive, worthless degree, as so many of my friends did as well. And if and if, if a family is in that situation right now, how has that changed? How can you ensure that your student takes the right courses when they decide on the best school for them, and then that program can net them a solid job? Well, I think we're seeing a lot more of the discussions happening in high schools with college career counselors and there's a lot more information out there on what can I do with a degree in X and what will I be able to earn if I get this degree? Um, there's a lot of demand for the STEM fields. I know we've heard a lot about the STEM fields and they, they give the, quite honestly, they provide the highest pay and there's such a huge demand for computer occupations, um, math, statistics, um, even nurses are considered STEM, um, and engineers, of course. So there's a lot of information out there for students to make um, better decisions. If they even have, like, say they like math or they like science, it, there's a lot more information for them to make better decisions on where to go to school and what type of degree to pursue. What if you don't like math or science? <laughs> <laughs> um, there's still opportunities like what? out there. <laughs> um, I don't know offhand. Oh, I mean, no. Exactly. <laughs> but even um, maybe social sciences or um, the humanities, Though they're still earning decent salaries as far as um, if employers re- recruit specifically for them. So it's it's really important to when they get to college, if that's a field that they want to enter, it's important to connect with career services um, just to see what they can do with that type of degree and you know, whether it could be lucrative for them. So you start thinking about your career while you're in high school. So you can pick the best program in a college for that career. Is is, is that essentially it? Right. Mm-hmm. What if you make a mistake? What if you change your mind? Oh, it happens very often. Um, I, we used to have a statistic on how often students change their major. How and, often? And it, it is pretty often. Um because they're quite young when they enter college. So for them to really know, unless they've known their whole lives that they wanted to be a nurse or a doctor, um, it it's hard to make those decisions when they're that young. So I feel bad for students now because they just want to explore and figure things out. And I feel like there's so much pressure uh, on them to figure it out before they're ready to. Right. Yeah, it's challenging at that time. When um, you speak to employers, are are they telling you that um, they're noticing that level of um, uh, confusion or non-commitment by students? Or are they saying, oh, so-and-so just seems really ready and eager to take off? I think think they are saying that um, students aren't as prepared for the for the workforce as they would like them to be. Hmm. But 
um, they're not horrible. They're not horrible. But they're not horribly prepared. So. So what's the point of college then? Well, I think number one is that they can earn more money over their lifetime. And I think their unemployment rate for college graduates is lower than if they did not attend college. I feel bad for colleges now. Um, you know, they're they're being called by some people, you know, uh, institutions that indoctrinate uh, youth into thinking a certain way. Uh, they're being criticized by some as for having these enormous price tags that just don't make sense. Um, then criticized for uh, policies that are cons- considered discriminatory in some cases. And at the same time, they're told to get kids ready for a professional world that is constantly changing when the students are still trying to figure it out. Right. I know a lot of them have focused on career readiness and there's even colleges and universities that have specific courses on career readiness, like how to develop your communication skills or um, how to interact um, in a written manner, in a verbal manner, um, presentation skills, critical thinking skills, um, even teamwork skills. These are all valuable skills that new graduates should have and should be able to um, demonstrate when they enter the workforce. Should that be required? Is that required at schools? I don't know that it's a requirement. I think it it might be at certain schools, but I don't I don't think it's across the board required. And as we wrap this up, what are the biggest changes you've noticed in recent years? You've been with um, you've been doing this for what two decades? What what are the biggest um, sea waves? I, su- I suppose that you've noticed in what in what in making the match between between student and employer. Um, I would say that. As the market changes, colleges and employers have had to adapt and change their methods of recruiting, of um, their ways of thinking about hiring students. They've really had to see what students want and what what they're looking for in an employer. Um, I think right now students are looking for ways to advance or um, ways to, um, it's not always about having the top salary. So they want more from employers that maybe they they didn't want certain things in the past. Um, but I think, and especially it's been amplified by the pandemic just because everything went virtual, internships went virtual, So there's a lot more involved with that because you're not connecting on a personal level. Got it. Andrea, thank you so much for the time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.